You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You know, the, the first step to a life that's outward is one that's uh, inwardly reconciled. You know, and when we're reconciled, then we understand when someone comes at us and, they, and, they're, and they're lying to us or trying to take advantage of us. You know, we understand that that person is one, loved by God in the same way that I'm loved. And that person deserves grace and reconciliation every bit as much as I do. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We're continuing our summer through Mark. And today I'm joined as always, by two special guests. First, we have lead pastor Jose Abaroa with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Good morning. morning. And we're joined by this week's speaker and the one and the only worship pastor, Ben Kioski. Ben, thanks for being here. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you as well. So Ben, I'd love to kind of kick things off, opening up for you just to kind of share a little bit of what your thoughts were as you prepared for the message, maybe as you got the assignment for chapters five and six, kind of what we're going through your head as you prepared for the message. Yeah, so the main thing was I was very excited to get assigned Mark chapter 5 and 6 because I it's one of my favorite portions of Scripture, and I have it mostly, uh, I, I'm not going to say memorized word for word because that's disingenuous, but I do have uh, most of it uh, internalized. So, um, you know, just as I was preparing, I, my, my goal was just to um, not try to improve on the word because you can't do that, but to tell it in a way that, that I kind of hear it in, in hopes that it would be relatable to others. So, yeah, no, I thought you did a really good job. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy just through each of the stories, you being able to take out pieces and even highlighting like, Hey, we often overlook this. And I'm like, yeah, I often look, overlook this too. Um, so I get insight. Yeah. Ben, I've heard you preach on, uh, Jesus walking on water a lot in leadership and in other types of um, environments. And so I thought that you would expound on that. And funny enough, in this passage of scripture, you just went right by. You just skimmed right by that uh, passage, which I loved because it was, you know, other things came came out from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things kind of early on, Ben, you focused on, uh, which I'd love to get both of y'all's thoughts on, is this idea that these were real stories. These are real people. And so that's something that I think can get lost kind of as we study God's word and just study a lot of, of the Bible. So what is so significant about really kind of understanding that this is real? And then maybe how to both of y'all kind of as you read the gospels in particular, kind of really, uh, how do you how do you help yourself remember the the reality that that this took place? Uh, well, I, I actually can relate um, quite a bit to the woman who was sick for 12 years because I've had a lot of medical issues. And, and so I've, it's, it's, it's real and present to me, the understanding that, that God is in control of all of those things. And yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, doctors and, and hospitals and medicine, all of that, in my opinion, is an extension of God's gift of healing. And those people who who enter into that and are very astute at those things, you know, they may or may not realize that they're operating within that gifting that they have. And that's very real. But at the same time, God is the one who's in control of everything um, in the created universe. And he's also in control of our physical bodies. And he's the one who's who determines when and how we are healed, whether it's here um, through a medical practice or through a miracle. And, uh, or whether it's at the final healing when we go to see him. And um, so that, to me, it's a present part of my life. Um, so it's easy to, um, 
it's easy to relate. And also, you know, I like the story of the demoniac as well, particularly because, you know, having, having been in ministry for a while and, and being able to walk the road of, of struggle with, with um, a lot of different types of people, um, you, you, you realize, or at least for me, I realized that the incredible limits of my human solutions, even my spiritualized human solutions, even my gospel informed human solutions to people's problems, you know, without an encounter with Jesus, without a, without a real life change and without the authority, um, of, of the Holy Spirit alive in us, there, there can be no change. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, that's how I relate to them. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing you say, Ben, is that you're taking this personally. Yeah. And, and you're putting yourself um, in the shoes of a woman, for example, that's very, very sick, something that you cannot relate to, yeah. but you're really um, deducting the meaning and, and personalizing that, that encounter with Jesus, which I think is, uh, so personally for me, it really was at encounter, at the real encounter retreat that we uh, put on. It was in my college, in uh, during my college years. Plug for Encounter. Plug for Encounter. <laughs> Shameless plug. Go to Encounter. Um, that I really encountered the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I had to set myself apart. And then since then, it's, it's a continual desire to want Jesus in my life, not only as Savior, but also as Lord and Lord over ailments and issues and and, and for healing for things. And um, so taking it personal, I think really is the key looking to similarities that you have and you have such a gift of doing that. You so quickly go from, you know, story to then, Hey, personalizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really um, appreciated a lot of your insights, which I know will be going into some Ooh, of those. Here. Yes. So we're going to be diving in. So <laughs> Instead of uh, maybe recapping each and every episode throughout the passage, I want to kind of focus maybe on these kind of three final questions you had and just kind of expound on each of these that as we recall from a lot of the different stories um, that we read. So the first question here is, do we speak the testimony of Jesus's work in our lives? And uh, I think some may think that, well, yeah, it's easy for y'all to speak the testimony. Y'all are pastors. Y'all already are on stage. But, but maybe I'd love to kind of ask, what is difficult or what have you found to be difficult at times to speak the testimony of Jesus' work in your life? And then how have you overcome that? And and hopefully our listeners can kind of glean from some of those either tips or just kind of your example in which ways in which you, you kind of try to model this on a regular basis. Uh, for whatever reason, God has seen it fit to keep me in the marketplace as well as being a pastor. And so, you know, I, I work in the construction trades and build homes and stuff. And so I'm regularly connected with folks that aren't necessarily church people um, or have limited experience with, with people who follow Jesus. And so I'm I'm faced with having to decide on a daily basis because I can easily, I can easily go through a whole conversation or a whole business relationship um, on a project without them having any idea that I'm um, connected with the church or, or follow Jesus or anything like that. They so could walk, gift. <laughs> they could walk away. Yeah, they could, well, you know, I don't mind them not knowing I'm a pastor. That's fine. Yeah. But you know, they could walk away from that conversation just thinking, Oh, that's a decent guy, you know, but it doesn't have anything to do with Christ. And I think that's a, I think that would be a tragedy if I lived my life in such a way where when people come into contact with me, they think, Oh, nice person or decent guy or whatever. Uh, but n- nothing points to Jesus because everything that I have 
uh, within me that might be considered good or decent is from him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I even, I had an opportunity to do it last week with a guy. I caught him in a lie, you know, uh, and just bold face, straight up lie. And his answer was, well, I guess I'm going to have a hard time getting paid and we won't be working together. And I was like, no, sir, that's not how this works. You know, I said, I know you, I, you're from around this community and I know that you're better than this. And I was able to share, you know, what biblical integrity looks like and and how to, I mean, not in those terms per se, right. but I was able to love him through that and care for him. You know, if I told him that I was loving him and he heard that, if he listens to this podcast, he'll be mad because <laughs> you're not supposed to love people if you're on a construction site, right? <laughs> supposed to just yell at people. But I mean, that's a practical example in my life. And, and it's a privilege and an honor to be able to carry that torch. And I think we miss that, that it's a privilege and an honor because we're so worried about having answers. Like, mm-hmm. You know, after that encounter with this guy this this last week, you know, I didn't have the answers to his problems, but he told me, you know, ironically enough, like I talked about in the message, his whole story, mm-hmm. you know, and he told me everything. And I didn't have answers for the guy. And he asked questions that I did not have answers for, you know, and he had some hard stuff go on in his life and in his kids' lives and things like this. But he shared all that with me just because I was able to share the testimony really of my of, of my father's teaching to me on how to have biblical integrity in business. And that's the testimony that I was sent with into that world. And so I was able to carry that testimony just like in these stories, you know, yeah. the demoniac carried it back to his village and et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. It's really good, man. Um, I was watching the track uh, Olympic trials yesterday, last night, and I found it funny that most, if not all, we only watched for a few minutes, so we only watched a few races, but they interviewed the three Olympians that made it to these, um, that, that made, that the, the, the athletes that will be representing the USA in the Olympics, and man, all of them, I think, except for two, gave glory to God. <laughs> And I was really challenged because that's an area. I mean, athletics, we do hear a lot of people give glory right. to God, but they weren't just saying all oh, glory to God. They were saying things like, this has been a really tough year. I didn't know how I was going to, you know, persevere through all of these things. I knew that what was expected of me was overwhelming, but God gave me through faith. I, I believed that this was possible. And so it marked the difference for them. And, and I I thought about how bold that was. There was no follow-up questions <laughs> on NBC, <laughs> right. you know? Um, but, but I thought about how bold that was and how for me, what often um, creeps up and, and impedes my sharing of story is in that moment, I sense that it's, it's you know, it, it, whether it, it won't land the way that I want it to land right. or uh, I'll come off as some, pastor, religious expert that will then distance me from that person. And really those things are very selfish and they're me oriented. My job is to just share the story and plant that seed and then have God do whatever he wants to do with that testimony, that story, that sense in, in, in the hope been very similarly to the way that you said, Hey, I'm going to extend grace to this man that doesn't deserve it. He probably deserves not to be doing business with you. Um, you know, I could share, let me tell you of a, of a season where I did not deserve what I was given. Right. That's God's love. And so when we give testimony to the work of Jesus in our life, we're saying that we received something that we did not deserve. And we're giving that to somebody, period, and then allow God to do whatever he wants 
with it. That's not our job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about how would y'all encourage someone that, you know, yes, it maybe makes sense for uh, the demon possessed man to go back and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm now free <laughs> or this woman that's been sick for 12 years, but I don't know about y'all's story, but I do actually know your story, but, uh, but my story does not involve some sort of radical, you know, uh, transformation in a physical sense like that. So for those that are maybe listening and they're like, yeah, that's cool to share your testimony. If there was something dramatic that happened, but my life there isn't, or how do you, you know, what would you encourage someone that's maybe like, I don't really have a, a testimony of how Jesus would, has worked in my life. I would life. push back even on what you're saying and say that if you really are honest, not that you're being dishonest right now, Taylor, <laughs> but if but if you if you investigate and you go deep down, you know the things that God has rescued you from, and you know the areas uh, where uh, the grace of God has covered you and led you in a path of transformation. And when you have that, you and you give that, then. Yeah, God's on the other side saying, please share that because you can share it in a way that I couldn't. And then you'll most likely hear on the other side, wow, I'd never met anybody. I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. Me too, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And again, that's all Holy Spirit that has very little to do with us. I think it's also interesting, the the the, the play, particularly in this passage of, of public and private testimony. Um, and, you know, you... You actually said it good in your in your writing this morning, Taylor, about, um, you know, it's really everybody's story, you know. And I think when we read in the Bible or we see something that goes on in our community that the Lord has done that's miraculous or powerful or whatever, that, that public display, what we know, what we see in public, that's that's the testimony of our God to carry with us. Mm -hmm. And that's a testimony that we get to tell. And then we also have our private testimony, like the the girl that he— that he raised from the dead that's talked about in, in Mark chapter five. Um, he told them, Hey, shh, don't tell anybody about this. Right. Just, you just chill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, just don't, you know what I mean? And that was the, so that was their testimony within their family that they had. Right. And so that context, that, that speaks into our context. Right. And so even though we may not have some sort of, you know, I, I was dead and now I'm alive, like physically dead and right. now I'm physically alive. We may not have that story um, in our lives we have those private moments, those private testimonies, those things that happen, but we, you know, we have those things that create a context within us from which we can speak, Yeah, you know? And I think when we, you know, the, the first step to a life that's outward is one that's uh, inwardly reconciled, Yeah, you know, yeah. and when we're reconciled, then we understand when someone comes at us and they, and they're, and they're lying to us or trying to take advantage of us. You know, we understand that that person is one loved by God in the same way that I'm loved. And that person deserves grace and reconciliation every bit as much as I do. Yeah. And by that, I mean, they don't deserve it at all. And neither do I, right, right. you know, so for me to demand something of them that I'm not willing to, you know, demand of myself is just false living, you know, so. I have a question. In the Gospel of John, uh, there's a lot of the time has not yet come. Jesus says that a lot. Mm. And then there's a point where he says the time has come when the Son of Man must, you know, suffer or die. Mm. Uh, and in the Gospel of Mark, he doesn't really say that, but he says a lot of, shh, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I understand that, you know, there's implications for that in the actual ministry of Jesus. But Ben, you said something yesterday that I thought was pretty cool. You were talking about the popularity of Jesus and his celebrity status mm -hmm. and how people were using him as a good luck charm yeah. Um, yeah. And, and formula. And yet, 
in his kindness, he's still healed. Right. He's still, you know, which again speaks to, to, to his sovereign grace. But do you think that that was also a part of like, don't tell anyone because I just can't deal with any more people here <laughs> in this city, you know? And it was more strategic. I don't know what that means with biblical interpretation and all that stuff, but it just came to mind and I thought I'd pose the question. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I tend to view, uh, view the gaps in the scripture, the yeah. gaps between the story. You know, when they're walking from here to there, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a group of disciples, you know, when they're, when they're doing things, I mean, there was, there was, there was time between things right. and, you know, I, and again, just opinion, but I mean, there had to be some of that stuff in there. He's just like, you know, maybe just maybe, you know, taking the disciples aside and be like, like for real this time, if you could just not <laughs> tell anybody what's good, we're going to go over here, we're going to do this thing. And if you could just, I'd really like to, you know, sleep and or eat in the next four days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, now thinking about it more, also, it's it's not time for me to be caught. It's not time for me to be arrested. Right. Um, but then he passed through the crowds. And anyway, yeah, fun fun little things that, that, uh, that, that pose questions in my mind. Thank you for entertaining me. Yeah, oh, traditionally, there's, that's, there's a lot to it there. That was the sort of mainline interpretation that, you know, my time has not yet come, meaning it's not time for me to be arrested. So we can't start this, you know, we can't crack this can yet, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Jose, you referenced his reference to the formulas. And I, again, I thought that was a really good point too. And the second point here, you kind of poised to us, uh, Ben, is just, do we seek Jesus or only his miracles? And I'd like to kind of camp out on this phrase, seek Jesus, because I think in a church context, it's like, yeah, yeah, let's seek Jesus. But but what does that actually look like in our lives just Monday through Saturday, as far as just during the week? And how do you seek Jesus? Love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on that. I mean, I don't know, just because I've, I've had my head in the, in, in the mark all week. So um, I think contextually there, you know, there were, there were multitudes of people that were following Jesus around and not all of them were trying to get a piece of him. Meaning not all of them were trying to get a physical healing. Not all of them were trying for some, you know, dramatic life change. Not that that's in any way uh, uh derogatory or or wrong to do because that's, that's the things that he, that he does. Uh, But I think seeking Jesus is to truly take in the character of God and replace it in your own life. Allow him to replace the, the junk and the stuff with godly characteristics and with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I think that's what it means to really seek, really seek Jesus. And there was a lot of people, like I said, in those crowds that were, they were coming to learn and to hear and to understand the wisdom that he was speaking. You know, you know, a lot of times when Jesus was speaking these wisdoms and truths, they were like rebukes to religious practices or corrections of, of misunderstandings of maybe what the Torah said or what the law is really about. And there was a ton of people that were taking those corrections into themselves, right? Not as not as a, a specific, hey, there's something wrong with you, but they they were having their mind transformed by the truth. And I think that's what it means to seek to seek Jesus, really. And, and and you know, and then yes, as you go and as as we're seeking Jesus, as we're living lives um, that are they're continually changed by the truth of God. You know, we 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 do encounter the miracles, and maybe that's in in ourselves. You know, maybe we do encounter a physical healing or, I mean, 
it's no less of a miracle some of the relational healings that I've seen. Absolutely. You know, of like marriages that are just done. Yeah. You know, just done. And God completely restores those mm-hmm. in a, in a in a super relatively short amount of time. Almost instantaneously. 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 Almost wow. instantaneously. That's the first time then I've heard you, you know. screw up. A, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. I apologize to <laughs> all those people out there who <laughs> expect so much out of me. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, to that end. What was I saying? Mark, <laughs> you're saying good stuff. Oh, anyways, Mark ten forty five says uh, Jesus came um, not to be served, but to serve and give mm-hmm. his life as a ransom for many. And that's the ultimate miracle that yeah. we all have. That's our story. All of these other miracles are vehicles that prove that main miracle that he came um, to give everyone. So we may not all receive physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing as we uh, want it or when we want it. Um, but we are all offered yeah. this, this amazing miracle of salvation. And so I think seeking Jesus is that replacing uh, our truth with God's truth. It's uh, being open to reading the gospels and actually examining what Jesus is saying and doing and why and how personal it is. So uh, I've told people that I openly disagree with, um, you know, when, when someone is an ardent or, you know, not following Jesus ardently and well, I can still be in relationship with them. Of course. My encouragement to them is, Hey, just seek Jesus. Don't listen to anything I say. Just open up the word, uh, read Gospel mm-hmm. of Mark, Gospel of John, uh, read New Testament, read Old Testament. It's all one storyline of scripture that that um that that leads to Jesus and and seek him. There's you you don't lose anything. Um, and so I think it's not giving up on pursuing who uh, Jesus is, which is tough. And the enemy is crafty and the enemy's out there deceiving us saying, well, yeah. Jesus was just a good teacher. Jesus, you know, is only meant for, uh, people that fit certain stereotypes, but the reality is no, he came to be the one who rescued all of humanity. Yeah. Well, and even within a relationship with Christ and it's trying to, whether we know it or not, kind of start to see him as a genie in a bottle or somebody that we just kind of pull right. out when we're in desperate needs. So I love just speaking to that truth too, that this is, you know, it's not just about what he can do, it's who he is and who I am in him. So I thought that was a really good, good word there. The last question here, number three, and this could be a message in of itself, a series in of itself, all this kind of stuff. But the question of, do we live as people called by God? A few notes here I just wrote down, I wanted to read out. Um, first, just kind of not only... The well, I loved the names you listed off, uh, Ben, just about whether Adam and Eve, Noah, Moses, David, Solomon, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Nehemiah, uh, Mary, disciples, Lazarus, Peter, Paul, um, and just and then you said, and now you, you know, mm-hmm. God is calling, Jesus is calling you. I thought that was a really powerful moment uh, in your message. And then the second point here, and then I'll just kind of open it up to hear y'all's thoughts on this. But the other one is that the calling is not based because you're smart. And, you know, you ask kind of the question about what were the credentials of the woman that was healed or the man that was healed? Like just the idea that we don't have to kind of get to a certain point in our status where then we're called. It's like Jesus has called us. And so, yeah, I'd love to kind of close out talking just a little bit more about that and just maybe what's one way that we can apply this question about are we living as people called? by God uh, this week? Yes. So 
you know, I, that, that, that list of, of people I've, I've, I've used before, um, in, in other, in other contexts. Um, but if, if you look at that list of people, you know, the, the Adam and Eve, Moses, Noah, Solomon, Nehemiah, all these, all these cats are different people called to a different purpose in a different time, in a different generations from one another, um, with different natural talents and natural propensities that they have that aren't necessarily always commensurate with the calling that they, that God has, has given them. And they aren't always 100%, um, you know, in, in line with the skill set that is required to accomplish the call. And I think that it's, um, Living as people called by God is to be is to understand that He calls us all in the same way that He called the disciples, you know. And if and if you put it into, you know, if you try if you try to play the movie in your head, if you try to, uh, um, you know, read read the Gospels as prose and let the story come alive in your head as if it's actually moving. I mean. Jesus literally walking along the shore or literally just walking down the, 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 the marketplace way and looking at a specific person and saying, follow me, right? And that, that calling is the same way that we're called, you know? And he points at us and he points at us all and says, follow me. He doesn't say, he doesn't say follow me and I'll have you do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I noticed that you're good at this, so we'll put you in charge of this deal, you know, or whatever. No, he says follow me, follow me. And to be called is, in my opinion, and to live a called life is to understand that. And it's a little bit practically easier for me to do that just because my life has been so strange in that, you know, I've done a bunch of different things. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I... All I knew is that all I've known in my life is that I wanted to serve God, you know? And even from the time that I was in high school, it's like, do I want to be a football player? Yeah, that's what I want to do. And the guy's like, no, nah, you're not doing that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then what am I going to do? I don't know. I'm going to go to this school over here. Go to that school. Okay, fine. And then what's my job going to be? I don't know. I don't want to do construction. Cool, you're going to do construction, you know? And like, oh, okay, you know, and then I work for a grocery store. And then I, you know, just all kinds of strange things. I've built gymnastics equipment, you know what I mean? Like. Powerful. There's, there's all kinds of things that have happened that, are, that don't make sense, you know. Um, and uh, but I've just known that I've wanted to follow God, and so here I am, you know, just trying, just trying to follow, just trying to be called, just trying to answer the call, you know, whatever that means. And I mean, I think that's the posture. And for some people, that becomes very specific, and that's great, you know. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. We just have to respond to the call, man. And as far as staying committed and listening and and, and following the call, I mean, I don't know. We just have to obey. We just have to read the Bible and let that be our truth instead of what all the other crap that's out there because there's so much crap. And, yes, of course, we can read other things and learn from, from you know, from people who have gone ahead of us and have wisdom and insight into certain parts of our lives or, or life in general. Of course, we can learn those things. But the Scripture's got to be our anchor because it's the only truth that we have. Mm-hmm. And... uh I mean that for me. That's that's how I remain pursuing the call because it always reigns me back in. Even reading these passages again is just like, no, nah, I'm not. 
I'm not doing everything I need to do. Not in a there's something wrong with me way, but like God's got something more. There's always more. He always teaches us anew through the same truth. You know, even though that never changes, it's immutable. He, he continues to refresh and teach us anew and draw us closer in and further in to what he has for us, you know? That's it. Know he who is calling you is yeah. personal. And Ben, I got to say, you do that so well, man. You, are, you said the word posture. I uh, haven't met another man that is postured in the way that you are as he serves God Thanks, and his family. Um, so I honor you in that. And it's exciting when you see people that are devoted to God and, and ready to serve um, come together. And that's what the local church should look like. Yeah. A bunch of people submitted to the call of God saying, hey, we don't know exactly what we're going to do, how this is going to look like, but we're down to do whatever God wants us to do. And funny enough, it's not funny. It's amazing and awesome and powerful. God moves and God moves us into position where we are then uniquely placed according to how he created us. What a mystery. (laughs) Um, and, And then we start hopefully sounding like a pretty good orchestra playing together versus one that's <laughs> out of tune. And dang piccolos out of tune yeah. right every time. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.